Welcome to BDO in the Boardroom, a podcast series for board of directors and those charged with governance. Each episode features a topical discussion with board peers and subject matter experts on both trending and timeless boardroom issues, covering a myriad of issues including, but not limited to, mitigating risk in the increasingly digital world, navigating your board career, from landing your first board seat to succession planning in support of the next generation, to other top of mind issues such as ESG reporting, shareholder activism, and the insights we share through the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Amy Rojek, Director of BDO Center for Governance, and I'm so happy to have the chance to sit down with Mike Stiglianese, my colleague who serves as the Managing Director in BDO Consulting's Technology Advisory Service Practice to discuss the SEC's recently proposed rules on cybersecurity risk management, strategy, governance, and incident disclosure, and the impacts and considerations these rules may have on those with charged with governance. So Mike is an executive management consultant with extensive experience in IT financial and risk management, compliance and controls, shared services and expense management. He has a successful track record of over 30 years in implementing financial and risk management solutions for global organizations. And he's a respected information security visionary with a wealth of perspective on global financial services and corporate risk and has extensive experience dealing with regulatory bodies. He has held senior IT risk management and CFO positions for major global businesses He specialized in cost control, internal corporate consolidation, cybersecurity policy and procedures and reporting metrics. So today we're going to focus on a few of his specialty areas that include information security, continuity of business and cybersecurity policy and procedures. So, Mike, welcome to BDO in the boardroom. Uh, Thank you, Amy. Nice to be talking to you today. All right, Mike and I have uh, shared shared the stage with many of our clients who are all anxious to keep up to speed with the cybersecurity risk landscape. And today is is no different um, with emerging proposed rules from the SEC uh, that have to do with cybersecurity risk management strategy, governance, and incident disclosure. Um, and you know, it's providing companies with basically an opportunity to self-evaluate their current strategy, policies, and procedures. So, Mike, how can boards reflect on their governance structure to ensure that they've really employed current best practices and in their oversight of cybersecurity risk? Um, basically, uh, I'm going to take a step back first to you know just make the statement that what the SEC is asking for here is really nothing that boards really aren't responsible for already. What they're really doing in the SEC's disclosure here is trying to formalize the process so that it's able to be demonstrated in a way that investors and shareholders can see that they're actually following the process. So one of the first things that we should be thinking about in doing this is um, to document the governance process. A lot of times when it comes to cybersecurity, organizations do have, you know, uh, processes where information is provided to the board of directors, um, where the certain metrics are there, and the board of directors sees certain certain statistics on cybersecurity, but it's not always in a documented, repeatable process along the way. So, in in that documentation, you know, where, where the boards have to be paying attention to here is first of all recognizing the fact that ultimately. 
The board of directors is accountable for the cyber posture of the organization and what type of cyber risks are accepted or not accepted. Um, another area that this regulation or this proposal is now going to formalize is what level of experience you need at the board of directors. For a period of time, you know, there's always been discussion of what you know, do you need people on the board with cyber uh, security experience in order for an organization to be secure, in order for the board to be focusing in the right way? Um, that's been debated for a while. Well, the SEC is closing that debate and basically saying, yes, there has to be somebody on the board of directors that has a certain amount of cyber expertise. Um, the next thing to really focus on is the process that the organization has around their cybersecurity and cyber risk management. Does it fit in with the overall organization's risk management process? You know, one of the things to really remember is when it comes to cybersecurity, cybersecurity is just another risk management process that the organization has, similar to the way they address financial risk, market risk, you know, any other risk. It, it's the same type of thing, just focused on the cybersecurity and the safety of the data in the organization. So basically, do you have the policies and procedures? Are they documented? Do you do you actually um, follow those procedures along the way? So what the SEC is doing here is formalizing processes that boards of directors should have actually been following for quite a while now. Now, Mike, that makes a lot of sense. I do want to go back to something you just said because I think it's an important thing to note in understanding where cybersecurity experience needs to be had within an organization. And obviously, boards have known for quite some time that they do need a level of expertise in the boardroom to really understand the risk. To your point, as with any risk, you need to be able to understand it in order to um, address it and mitigate it and accept it, right? So can you just explain a little bit further from your perspective on what that expertise or that knowledge level at the board might look like? I mean, are we talking about hiring, you know, an expert from NIST or somewhere else, or what does that actually look like for most companies? For most companies to have expertise at the board of directors in uh, the cyber risk management space is somebody who is familiar with overall risk management processes and understands technology enough to know whether the metrics that they're seeing make any sense uh, from the perspective of, you know, are they doing the right things? Are they following the right trends when you look at it from securing the organization? Um, it's really, you know, I mean, the best way to describe it is having a familiarity with overall cybersecurity, having a familiarity with risk management, and having the ability to put the two together. They're not requiring a techie to be on the board of directors, although that may or may not be a bad thing for an organization. Uh, you know, it may be the perfect solution that you have for any particular organization, but that's not required. It's really being able to be articulate and understand what you're looking at from a cyber perspective. Thank you. That That's really helpful. And I know a lot of organizations, um, large organizations, small organizations, really spend a lot of time in focusing their directors on education in this area. Now, is that something that can be learned by taking a course? Or are we really talking about folks that have 
the kind of the background and experience in technology and other things? What, what have you seen most often there? Um, I, I, I don't think I would look at it. It's something that could actually be met by somebody just taking a course or two um, in the process. I think there has to be some sort of familiarity with how technology works, um, you know, basically how the risk management process works along the way. So, yeah, while courses could help supplement that, uh, I do think there needs to be some sort of basic knowledge in the, pro you know, of how it actually works in the real world. Thank you. No, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Thank you so much. All right, I'm going to jump to our next question here because I think it's also um, something a little bit of a pain point for many folks when they're looking at some of the SEC's more recent proposals is the timeline for the proposed cyber incident disclosures. They, they appear to be pretty aggressive, um, currently required within four days after an incident is determined to be material. So what should boards be asking management uh, to ensure that they can actually report within this expected timeline and maybe maybe defining what determined to be material actually means. Right. Well, actually, you just raised an interesting point there that one of the key things um, to recognize is while the SEC is proposing to require these things, um, they don't get into um, defining the terminology. So the fact that um, they're looking for material breaches to be reported and material instances, uh, incidents. Um, that doesn't mean that material for every organization is going to be the same. Material is going to be in keeping with the threats that folk, you know, the organization faces, plus um, what their overall risk appetite is. So that's an important aspect. But essentially, what 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 the SEC is forcing organizations to do by putting this in the requirement is they're forcing organizations to have a well thought out and tested incident response plan. Because if you think about it, you know, if you're going to go through a process to say, I have an instance uh, that's happened, an incident that's happened, um, and what um, we're going to be doing now is how do I address this? Well, during the middle of that incident, incident is not the time that you want to be figuring things out. You need to have things well mapped out, have an, inc an incident response plan that can be executed against by the organization and you know has been tested along the way in order for you to make sure all of the different aspects of that happen in a, in a coordinated fashion. Um, by putting this time limit in there, it's kind of forcing the organizations to think in advance rather than um, actually um, re just react to things as they happen along the way. And that's a key component. The incident response plan is probably one of the most important aspects that you have in cyber cybersecurity, cyber risk management, mainly because this is, you know, we, we have to recognize that there will be, you know, well, it may not be a material instance uh, incident, there will be incidents that happen to every organization. Um, it's just, you know, it's just a matter of math in the sense that the hackers are out there each day. They're trying to penetrate organizations um, and they can keep doing this as long as they want to. Um, you have to protect them, you know, when you're within the organization uh, each time. So basically, they only have to be right once. You have to be perfect. Um, unlikely scenario. So there are going to be inc uh, incidents that happen. 
and they're going to reach this threshold of being reportable. And the only way you can meet the time frame is by having that incident response plan very well thought out and practiced. Could you give us a few examples of a really strong incident response plan in your in your line of work that you've seen, just to give people a flavor for what comprises those plans? Okay, a strong plan would, um, the first part of the plan would recognize what are the threats that the organization thinks they face? Um, so um, what, are, what are the threats that are out there where um, the organization believes people might want to actually um, penetrate their organization and, and um, basically steal their data? I mean, I, that's what we're really doing is stealing data here. Um, and as part of that plan, um, what you need to be able to do is understand where you have sensitive data. So a component of that is making sure that you have the information and your assets classified in such a way so that you know where they are, you know how they interact with each other. Um, you can understand you know, where your vulnerabilities are. Um, the other part of it has to do with identifying all of the people in the organization that should be um, the ones who are focused on resolving the issue. So you want to be able to get your legal department involved or general counsel, if it's external general counsel. You want to be able to have technology involved so that they can actually give you the, inform you know, the information and start um, understanding how to remediate the process. You potentially want to have um, the understanding of who you should contact from a legal perspective you know, in, in law enforcement because they are actually you know, an asset in this process. You know, once upon a time, people were afraid to to contact the FBI or any of the uh, the different agencies out there. Um, however, they've matured quite a bit, and they help organizations along the way. So it's important to know that. And the other thing is to understand. You know, do you have an insurance carrier? How do you have to? You know, when and where do you uh, have to contact them? so that they could understand the process? Um, and do you have firms already lined up so that you can do the investigation that you need? You could do the, the forensics associated with the process. So it really lays out all of the different individual components that you would need to understand once I've identified that an, uh, an incident has happened, who do I notify? How do I get them together? What's the process for each? And what are their roles and responsibilities? Right, and just and building on that, the, in terms of you know part of the defined plan and the documented plan you mentioned earlier, some of the accountability aspects include you know wh at what point does the board get brought in? So how do they get alerted? Who's going to be doing the communicating? How does that work? And having that part part of your plan, um, we we've heard too many ugly stories about ransomware events where, you know, it happens on a Sunday morning while you're having your cup of coffee and the first call is is to, you know, either the CISO or the CFO or someone in the C-suite and then what kind of happens next from a notification chain. Again, that that I, I there's really no one path that you can take in that. It really is going to be up to the organization of who they inform and where they inform them in the process. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you could back into it a little bit and say that before you contact law enforcement, you may want to at least let 
whoever it is responsible at the board level um, to understand that you have this going on because you don't want them to be blindsided along the way. You can have you're going to have people from the board involved in the process, typically because some of the internal people that you're going to deal with at a senior level, whether it's the CFO, CIO and all that, they may actually have seats on the board or on board committees. Um, so uh, there's no one answer to it. It is, though, something that you have to make sure whatever you decide to do and wherever you decide to place that component, it's well documented so that you could be able to go back and demonstrate, you know, we had a process and we followed our process. Got it. Thank you for that. All right. So one of the other areas we wanted to talk about today was the SEC's proposal expanding disclosure into the re registrant cyber risk management policies and procedures. So what information should boards be requesting from management really to ensure that they're not that they're only prepare, prepared to do these disclosures, but really appropriately overseeing this risk? Uh, sure. I mean, um, I guess the best way to approach this is, you know, I'll go through a little bit of, you know, a uh, mental laundry list here of different things that the board should be addressing with management at this point in time as they prepare. And, you know, basically what they should be doing is having management uh, report to them on whether there is a cyber risk management um, program in place and give them a bit of a description of how that program works. And that's, you know, the, the whole process of an overall program from protecting the data to uh, add to disposing of data as it goes along the way. Um, they should make sure that they have documented policies and procedures. And one of the key things uh, on, on the policy and procedure side is to understand that policies and procedures, although they go together, are actually slightly different animals in the sense that uh, policy is usually a generalized statement which says, you know, um, what the organization is going to do. The procedures get more into exactly how they're going to do it along the way. So uh, the board should be interested in understanding whether these policies and procedures are documented and exist. Um, they basically should, as we were speaking before, uh, understand what incident response plan is there. How does that get uh, interrelated with disaster recovery and business continuity plans and also how is the what's the testing process have these been tested have you gone through a tabletop exercise hopefully you haven't tested it by having a true incident but no matter what you still have to test the process along the way um the other thing that they should be looking for the, for for management to provide with them right now is a little bit of defining the terminology that we were talking about before. What do we, what, how are we going to, as an organization, define material? Um, what are the key assets that we have that we really wanna make sure we're monitoring and protecting along the way? Um, where do we think our threats are? Um, and, and all of this is important because, you know, while the SEC is requiring this, you know, a lot of this is really what I would consider basic cyber risk management um, hygiene. Um, it really is just stuff that organizations should be doing, um, regardless of the fact that the SEC has asked for it. Um, and it's stuff that they'll also find will be extremely useful if they're going out in the marketplace looking for cyber insurance. 
because cyber insurance, you know, the insurance companies have gotten a lot more sophisticated in how they evaluate your program. Um, and that impacts whether you're one considered insurable and two, what your premiums would be along the way. And the other thing that the board should be asking the uh, management for is to show them um, metrics of the program. So how do, how do how can we measure that the program is one effective, particularly over time? How is it improving and doing the right type of metrics? Because that's an important aspect um, in in, in uh, cyber risk management. The the thing is the the metrics that are useful to the people down in the operations are the type of metrics that would make most people just um, roll their eyes and not understand. So how do you translate that into something that um, is the equivalent? You know, I, I look at it as the equivalent on the finance side as, you know, the board of directors want to see the cybersecurity equivalent of a financial statement. They don't want to see the general ledger. So how do you create um, a, a process and the metrics in place so that the board can measure the success of the program? Right. And to your to your point, I love that analogy. To your point, that includes both the the qualitative and quantitative metrics, right? You want to understand where you are in any sort of risk framework, um, risk matrices that you've developed for yourself, and the resources being allocated up to the the progress you're making on on all of the areas that you've identified vulnerabilities and risk. So I think that's a really important distinction you just made. Yeah, and again, it, it's in keeping with the fact that. You know, um, as we mentioned earlier, um, when you look at cyber security, you need to be looking at it as cyber risk management. It's just another risk management process. And from that, you know, you could look at it um, and look at any risk management process, whether it's financial and all that. How do you measure it and understand the different metrics that you have at different levels of the organization? And again, recognize that what you want to be able to do is um, get a good picture of how your program is trending um but you know you really don't want to see all of the the uh, bits and bytes that the technologists need to do to run the process so you know having them at this point in time having the board work with management to make sure those metrics in place um would be very advantageous to them yeah and i agree with that i, I see one of the the single most popular questions we tend to get from both kind of the, the board and I'd say the CISO and, and technology folks is that, you know, we, we need to understand how to speak to each other. We need to know each other's language and needs and wants for this. Uh, I think too often the cyber security folks have so much information, so much data to try to break it down to the, the big picture as you described it of where they are in the progress on addressing and, and managing risk that the boards want to understand is really a critical communication skill that needs to be to be matched between the board and management. So I, I think that's a really important point. And, yeah, and I, I also find that that analogy to the financial process is very effective and a way to do it because, again, when you look at a financial process, you know, you have people making entries to a general ledger, you have sub ledgers, you have all this detail that the board of directors isn't looking to see. What they're looking to see is an income statement and a balance sheet um, right. and a little bit of texture of what that means. Exactly, exactly. So Mike, in closing here, I know this we're talking about a proposal. So any thoughts on you know the the volume of of comments that the SEC is receiving, if there's you know 
a crystal ball approach to this that you would you would guess as to when this might be coming out, made effective? What what are your thoughts there? Uh, my thoughts are um, something will come out. Um, some of the changes that may happen to it are going to be things like potentially um, the SEC might do a little bit better on defining certain things of what do they mean by material. Um, I could see the possibility of a little bit of flexibility in the final thing of, you know, whether it's four days or six days, but I mean, it's not going to be uh, anything that's uh, a major uh, change, mainly because when you look at what they're asking for, it's kind of the stuff that, um, you know, they've actually been looking for organizations to be doing for a long time now. Um, they're just formalizing this process a little bit more. And it's the type of things you know, that are really um, basic uh, cybersecurity uh, hygiene in the sense that you need it to demonstrate to you know the SEC, you're going to need it to, for your investors uh, to look at it. Um, you're going to need it for your insurance providers if you have cyber uh, cybersecurity, you know, insurance. So I, I, my feeling is that not a lot's going to change because it's more of just formalizing things that should be in place already. Well said. Well, Mike, thank you so much for being on BDO in the boardroom. We look forward to speaking with you in the future as this remains an incredibly hot topic with the cyber landscape constantly shifting and changing. So thank you and thank you to our listeners and stay tuned for more from BDO. Thank you. Thank you for listening to BDO in the boardroom. Past episodes and related insights are available at bdo.com slash BDO boardroom. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting and the resources we provide, visit bdo.com slash bdo knows governance.